Today in Your Money, we will be looking at what investors need to know about the venture capital space. Good morning, Carolyn. Good morning. In Your Money Today, we're going to take a dive into what's happening in the venture capital arena, including what you need to know if you're hoping to get a VC interested in your business. I'm joined now by Von Lam, who is co-founder of Increment Capital. Thank you for joining me today. Hi, hello. Thank you for having me. First off, I'd like to get a bit of understanding about your role in the venture capital space. What, what's your background and what do Increment Capital do? Yeah, absolutely. So Increment Capital, we're a Shanghai and Hong Kong based venture capital and, and private equity firm um, established in 2015 to really invest in early to late stage growth opportunities um, across Asia with a with a greater China approach. Um, so what that means is we uh, the companies that we invest in uh, target either a global or inter-Asia uh, you know, market opportunity, but at the same time leverages and is linked to China in some meaningful way. Um, for example, in R&D, uh, supply chain, um, you know, or, or manufacturing. So what are the most interesting developments you're seeing in the venture capital landscape and what sectors is that happening in? If you look at the venture capital landscape today, right, so I think over the past decade, we've seen significant capital flows that have been directed into the venture capital asset class um, and technology companies in, in general, right? And I think what this influx of capital has really spurred has been an innovation cycle centered on enhancing consumer convenience uh, with a focus on developing really mobile native solutions to cater to the, the modern consumer. And as a result, you know, we've seen powerful and, and very successful applications built across e-commerce, fintech and payments, um, healthcare and so on. So really a cycle of, you know, say last 10 years where capital was abundant, large scale growth focused on the modern consumer. But when you look at the reality today, what we see in this current cycle is going to be going to be very different. Capital is no longer abundant. With the rise in interest rates, the risk premium for capital has, has, has gone up significantly. Um, and as a result, we've seen a, a dramatic reduction in risk capital, especially in Asia, right? As Asia, you know, navigates its own current corporate distress cycle among many mature industries. What that has done is really affected the VC landscape in a couple of ways, right? I think we'll see more and more venture funds focus on, on existing portfolio companies. These are companies that have reached scale in this last cycle, but need active involvement and assistance to kind of help them navigate this new reality. And at the same time, it'll also um, inform new venture investments, right? So, so that being said, investing at the genesis of innovation, right, in, in the venture space is, is still super exciting, but w with that kind of, you know, shift in where we're focusing. A couple key themes that, that we as a firm are focused on. You know, first, the continued shift from consumer convenience to enterprise efficiency and, and productivity. I, I think this is a, has been a space that's been underinvested in, in in the last five or so years. And really, companies that can drive meaningful ROI for their companies and their clients is extremely valuable. The second theme is really continued digitization, but this time in the corporate sphere. So these are enterprise functions across logistics, uh, warehousing, um, transportation, and, and shipping, uh, to name a few. This third topic I could I could spend hours on, but but it really is is automation, right? And and rapid and immersive automation. So this started with the continued adoption of uh, of software and namely SaaS solutions to automate things like the supply chain, enterprise resource planning, um, CRM. But really, we're seeing a an exponential shift that's orders of magnitude that are larger than we've ever seen, and that's being driven by generative AI. Now, it's fascinating to hear the various areas that you're looking into. But what I'd like to dive into there is what you mentioned about the sort of shift in risk appetite. So I'm wondering what you're really looking for when you're deciding whether to invest in, in an early stage company. This isn't necessarily about the kind of technology that they're involved in, but the sort of traits of a company that you're really looking for to be happy that they're going to succeed. 
I think we have the fortune of having been technology investors now as a team for over 20 years, right? We've kind of invested anywhere from, you know, inception, um, you know, with venture seed stage investments to kind of late stage senior equity, as well as kind of restructuring type scenarios. I think, you know, when you look at investing at the genesis of innovation, kind of the factors that you look for are, are very different, right? So when you're at late stage, you're looking for things like seniority in the capital structure, you know, control or shared control, um, kind of downside protection. But in venture, you don't have all that. It's very qualitative and, and a lot less quantitative, right? So there's probably three things that, that we look for, kind of regardless of what end market they're going to go after or, or kind of what product you're building. Number one, you know, is, is really team. I think, you know, we look for a team that's, you know, focused and dedicated, passionate about kind of the, the problem that they're trying to solve or the, or the product they're trying to build. And a couple of kind of requisite skill sets that you know, more often than not, we, we try and glean out of our first or second meetings, right? And that and that's really leadership talent and a good kind of quota of IQ and EQ. And, and that's important because with any successful venture, the final end product is never similar to kind of what the product was on, on day one, right? So you need a team that one um, can draw people to kind of work with and for them, right? Because you need a, you need talented people that can kind of fill in the initial founding team's weaknesses. And, and there's always a lot, right? So, so you need to be able to, to, to track people kind of work for you and kind of kind of buy into your vision. And you need kind of the, the IQ and the EQ to really navigate all the all the pitfalls and all the challenges that you'll face. And ultimately, we want to see people that are not, I guess, you know, you know, what's the best way to describe it is are not afraid or scared of failures, but really see them as kind of learning opportunities, right? Because we see it as as an investment firm and and for all the successful teams that we backed, they're able to kind of navigate and, and sidestep that, right? So, so team is, is, is super important. Second is really, you know, the size of the problem. When we're backing a team, we ideally we want to find people that are looking to solve a, a real problem. And if that's in the consumer space, it's going to be some kind of pain point that if it's gone, it'll it'll be a big kind of step up in terms of kind of quality of life or, or utility. And if it's an enterprise space, then it's a productivity enhancement that has measurable kind of meaningful um, ROI. Um, and ideally, you know, this, this problem is huge, right? And, and the solution that the team is building is, is scalable and with good operating leverage. In terms of kind of just broad strokes, you know, business model, I, I think given our, our background in AI and in machine learning, we typically like companies that have business models that generate large scale data. Because with that data, it'll allow you to kind of drive exponential growth within your core businesses, but also um, accelerate the discovery of tangential revenue streams. You've mentioned AI a few times now, and obviously it's a topic that we talk about loads on the show. I would love to get your right. views on the sort of junction of the AI and the real life use cases. And what are the most exciting developments you're seeing there and what you're kind of keeping watch on and, and looking to invest in? I think AI is, is quite topical and, and we're still in the very early stages, right? I, I think this is one where we'll see a secular investment kind of theme that'll persist for certainly this next cycle, right? You know, five, you know, 10 years or, or more. I think it's a complex topic, but I'd, I'd love to break it out. So whenever we see kind of a new emerging field in tech, we like to take a look at history and see, you know, has anything like this happened before? And I think with AI, there's a lot of parallels to what's happening now with what happened in the cloud computing days, if you recall. And when you look at that stack, right, you have the, the top of the stack in, in cloud, which is the application layer, right? So these are companies that have built solutions that drive value through enriched user experiences and kind of advanced data logic, guys like Microsoft and, and Adobe and so forth. And on the gen AI side, the parallel there are really applications built on top of these large language models, LLMs like GPT. These are kind of optimized models and data tailored to very specific use cases. So applications that solve uh, very defined problems. And I think one prominent example of that is ChatGPT. Others are GitHub Copilot and, and so on. 
Then you go down to the middle layer, right? So these are really the developer tools. So in, in cloud computing, these are the, the picks and shovels that um, help all the app developers build, deploy, monitor um, performance um, across the different apps. Um, and if you look at Gen AI, this is actually what we're most interested in, in right? Is, is the middle tooling layer. So these are all the developer tools that are built on top of these generic LLMs that enable you to build and develop the apps that, that I mentioned at, at the top of the stack. These could be simple as model fine tuning, um, prompt engineering, and so forth. And the key example here would be a company called Langchain, right? So what they're able to do is, is build tools that enable companies or users or developers or individuals build specific application use cases. And then one very prominent example that we're seeing is a lot of companies using tools like Langchain to take and basically merge proprietary data that, that they have, or as simple as a research report, right? If you're in finance, if, if you're a hedge fund, and linking that into a chat GPT to, um, to allow you to kind of do things like summarize, analyze, you know, drop the top 10 salient points and, and so on. And then lastly, the third layer is in cloud computing, if you guys recall, there's the infrastructure layer. These are all the large cloud providers. So we're seeing the same kind of dynamic play out with these large language foundational models, these LLMs, where you, you need a handful of companies with large capex and large R&D human resources to kind of build, maintain, upgrade, and kind of advance these. You have OpenAI with GPT, uh, you have Meta and Llama, and so forth. We're actually quite interested in finding opportunities that tend to be larger scale, but, but building solutions that are highly specific. Well, this discussion could go on for days and days and days. I am enjoying this so much. I think we are going to have to take a breather here and come back tomorrow with a bit more of what's happening in the venture capital landscape. Thank you so much today to Von Lam, the co-founder of Increment Capital.